church, let's stand to our feet. Let's get our praise on. Anxiety, let it rise. 
church. Let's give Jesus our yes today in worship.
worship is, is trusting you with all that we have. Lord, even when things don't make sense, we don't understand, God, what you're doing. But Lord, in faith, in belief, we worship you, we trust you, we walk with you, and Lord, you lead us. Can we thank the Lord Jesus for his presence in this place today? Church, you sound amazing singing today. Turn and greet your neighbor before you sit down. What an awesome time it is to be here with you this morning. I'm glad I'm in here and not right out there because it's cold right out there, isn't it? Good night. Hey, singing that song, I Trust in God, it's, it's really easy to trust in things when you can see the next step right in front of you, isn't it? When you can see that you're going to be all right. But what happens when the next step is right there? What happens when you don't know what's right there? That's when trust really, really matters, right? And that's when, when you can't see it, when you don't know exactly what the next step is going to look like, and you trust that our good, good God cares for us, and he wants, us, he wants the best for us. And then you take that step, and we trust in him. It's not always easy, but it's always better. Amen? Hey, my name is Jeremy. I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and I want to welcome you guys to church this morning. What a great day it's been already so far. If you, yeah, come on, hey, give God some praise. What a blessing it is that we can be here this morning. If you're a visitor with us, we, um, if you're our guest, we want to welcome you. We want to thank you for being here with us, and we want to help you get connected to some of the great people at our church. You can just scan that QR code. Anybody can do it. It's free. You pull out your little phone on your, on, and your little camera on your phone app, and then you can scan it right there, and it'll pull up a website. On that website, it uh, has all sorts of information. You can get our digital bulletin. You can get some announcements. You can get our Connect card if you want to make a commitment to the Lord. You can fill out anything you want. There's all sorts of information there to get you connected to our church. We would love to get you connected to some great people. And we want to also share a gift with you. If you stop by our welcome desk out in the atrium, we have a special gift gift for you if it's your first time here today. So I've got a couple of announcements I'd like to share with you guys today. So next week, next Sunday, February 25th at 4 p.m., right in this room, we're going to have a congregation meeting. Our congregation, our church, is one that's congregationally run. That means that we all have a say in what goes on here at the church. And so we vote on things, and we talk about the business of the church and those kinds of things, and that's what we do here. So if you don't come to that, then you kind of might not wonder what's going on around here, or you might not feel like you have a say, but you do. So next week at our congregational meeting, 4 p.m., it's right here. We want to invite you to it. Next, also next Sunday, February 25th, we have a baby dedication part of our service. If you have a baby or if you know somebody who has a baby and they want to dedicate their baby, um, then you can register for that at AnastasiaKids.com. And next, ladies, are there any ladies in the room? Say, uh-huh. All right. Mark your calendars for March 8th at 6.30 p.m. We have an event just for you. We have a mom's panel. It's at yeah, 6.30 on March 8th. Mark your, mark your calendars. It's going to be an event you don't want to miss. And so um, now I'd like to turn it over to Miss Tamara. Good morning. 
It is my pleasure and honor to introduce to you a young lady that is joining our staff as Children's Ministry Associate. This is Taylor Nicolosi. Taylor and her family have been involved in our church for a couple of years. She has volunteered in our Vacation Bible School, our SMAC, Anastasia Kids, Anastasia Kids Junior. She serves on our Vacation Bible School leadership team. And now God has moved her to a position of ministry on staff with us as our new children's ministry associate. And we are beyond blessed to have you. And we are excited to see the great things that God has in store for you and for the life of our church. So thank you, Taylor. It should be on. There we are. It is on. Okay. Uh, what we want to do is she begins her ministry on staff. Taylor does. We want to pray that the Lord will bless her, that ministry, and also uh, pray for her family and all those sorts of things. So would you please raise your hands uh, toward her? I'm going to put my hand on her. We're going to pray for you, Taylor. We're so excited that you're joining our Anastasia Kids team. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Taylor. Lord, you've gifted her. You've prepared her, and now you've placed her for ministry here at Anastasia. And Lord, as she helps to resource volunteers, as she helps to be that face of Anastasia Kids, Lord, I pray that you would bless her work, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would bless using her, Lord. Lord, I pray for the kids that come. I pray for the families that are going to be influenced. Lord, I pray for the volunteers that are going to be equipped because of what Taylor does. And Lord, as, as she joins this team, Lord, I pray that you just use all of us together, knit us together like you said you would, and to you the head, Jesus Christ, our church, and may you be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. Welcome to the team, Taylor. God bless you. I'd like to share one more prayer for our tithes and our offerings in just a minute. I guess we have a video here we're going to see. So that's what um, one of the things that we're going to be doing here in a couple of weeks, right here in this room. I'm the youth pastor, and we, I work with the teenagers, and we have a special weekend coming up. It's called Impact Weekend. We make a special effort to hear from God, and I believe that God makes a special effort to speak to us. And uh, <clears throat> if you have a teenager or know a teenager, there's no place else that they should be other than right here next weekend. You can register for that at anastasiachurch.org slash impactweekend. There's a lot of kids who can't go, though, because finances are kind of tight. And our church has a little process that we go through where, where um, people donate to a scholarship fund so that we can say in our youth ministry so that we can tell every kid, don't let finances be a reason why you don't show up for this. And we give our scholarships out to people who, who ask for it and who need it. 
And so I want to thank you for that. We also want to pray that God will use our tithes and offerings for his glory because it's just those kinds of things that God does through our, our giving that only he can do. We can give and we can give and we can give, but that's all just temporary unless God uses it for his glory. So let's pray for our tithes and offerings this morning. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that we could gather together and hear from your word and worship you. We thank you for the fellowship of the believers. But Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be a part of what you are doing to build your kingdom, for the blessing it is to, to give to the efforts that you make, Lord, to reach people for your glory. Lord, I pray that you will use our tithes and our offerings and, and, and everything that we give, Lord, use it for your glory. Do something that only you can do with it. Lord, we're honored to be a part of this with you, and we're thankful that you are here with us this morning. We pray that you will speak to us now as we hear your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. Good morning, church. Isn't it great to be here in the house of the Lord? Man, yeah, I, I just hear the energy in this room. It's the Holy Spirit coming down. I'm so grateful uh, to be here with you. You know, we're church family and God's working among us. And so I'm just grateful to be at a church where God is moving. Hey, I told you uh, in 2024, I'm going to uh, be very upfront and let you know where we are in that for generations to come promise. Because 2024, this is the year we're claiming the vision. This is the year we're claiming the for generations to come vision. This is the year the, the plans that, that the Lord has put on our heart, they're going to start coming into reality. In a few months, we're going to be moving into the rec center back here. Praise God for that. Starting some sports ministries. A few months after that, we're going to be moving into the next gen center, a more secure, uh, just updated space for our preschoolers and our children and our youth. And so God, this is something that's been years in the making. And I just praise God that this is the year we're going to claim that vision and move into those into those spaces. So let me share with you where we are financially on our goal. And so I have a, a little graphic up here. Uh, we need $8.7 million to raise for the whole project by the end of 1919, 2024. <laughs> I'm dating myself, aren't I? 2024. And so far we've raised $7,135,000. Praise God for that. And so, and so we're just uh, $101,564,000 away from reaching that goal. And that'll get us to where we need to be as we close that loan up so we don't have to do extra financing. We're well on our way. Thank you for what you're doing. You're helping us to, to uh, claim that vision. And so every contribution that you make to for generations to come helps us get that goal. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen? Amen. Just excited about that. I want you to open your Bibles if you would, on this Say Yes weekend. Did you notice the, the tables are still out there? Because some of you might have gone to a table and said, you know, God might be calling me to do something. And I looked at this table, I looked at that ministry, don't know whether God has called me. We thought maybe you might have prayed over that this past week and God is still talking to you. And so I encourage you to go back there and see how God might be using you in some of the things that, that God has here at Anastasia. So anyway, I encourage you that way. But open your Bibles to Titus chapter 3. In the New Testament, Titus chapter 3. Over the last several weeks, we have been going through the book of Titus. We're looking at building that godly foundation. And in Titus, it talks about that special relationship that when God puts his grace into us, it should overflow into our character. 
That when, when Christ pours into us, he fills us, that it makes a difference in the way we live and the way we think and the way that we act. Because, you know, when I have Jesus in my heart, it makes a difference. When I have Jesus in my heart, my life is transformed. And I praise God for that. I praise God. And because I have Jesus in my heart, my actions are different, okay? You know, we say in our mission statement, we have a mission statement. It goes like this, helping people embrace the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ. What kind of truth is it? It is a life-changing truth. Whenever we have Jesus in our life, it it changes our lives because we're transformed. We're no longer just people. We're a royal priesthood. We're not just people just walking around. We're a holy nation, God's own people. Isn't that great? He transforms us, and it makes a difference in the way we live because we're church. We're church. I'm a, I'm a member of the Rotary Club here in town, okay? Rotary, they're, they're great people. Elks are good people too, so are the Kiwanis, okay? Nothing against them, but I just have to be part of the Rotary Club. And they do some good things, but let me tell you, church, we're better than the Rotary Club. We are way better than the Rotary Club because God's given us a mission. You know, we're salt and light. We're the hands and feet of Jesus himself sharing Jesus, sharing salvation, sharing eternal life, sharing heaven with a world that really needs it. So, you know, and that should make a difference in all of our lives. And because of that, it changes the way I think. It changes the way I talk. It helps me to know that I need to put attention to that which is holy and pure and noble and good. Why? Because that's who we are in Christ, right? He's in my life and it makes a difference in me. So as we're coming close to the final words in the book of Titus, uh, we're going to have one more message here, but, but, but we're coming very, very close. We're almost to the very end here. And, and if I were to take these, this sermon that I want to share with you and just put it in one sentence, I would just say it this way. He's calling us to be bold and to be careful. To be bold and to be careful. You can fall asleep now. Be bold, be careful, okay? That's the big takeaway. Because you know what? You are on the Super Bowl of the universe winning team, okay? And you, you can be bold because you're a winner. And you need to be careful because you represent the winning team. Okay, so we want to be bold and we want to be careful. So Titus chapter 3, starting at verse 8. Would you stand with me and honor God's word? The saying is trustworthy. And I want you to insist on these things, so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. For as for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. Wow. Wow. Lord Jesus, I, 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 I ask that you'd help us to receive these words, Lord. Lord, to really appreciate the unity that you give us, Lord, and, and Lord, the conviction and the foundation that you've given to our lives. And move in us, I pray, in your precious name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. What I'd like to do is I'd like to unpack verse 8 for the most part. There's just so much in verse 8. 
And, uh, and I want you to see what is there because this is, this is so very important. It says the saying is trustworthy. Verse 8, the saying is trustworthy. What, 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 what is the saying that he's talking about? He's talking about verses 4, 5, 6, and 7. The verses that came before this. He's saying, last week, Pastor Sam shared verses 4, 5, 6, and 7. It is the theological heart. It's the theological core of the book of Titus. There's some critical, central truths about God's love, about Christ's salvation, about the Holy Spirit working in our lives. It's, it's so secure and so critical that you can build your life on them. And so it's saying the saying is trustworthy. And the saying is trustworthy because the one from whom this saying comes is trustworthy. The saying is trustworthy, verses four, five, six, and seven, is trustworthy because God is trustworthy, okay? God is trustworthy. You know, if I were to have a check, and I write a check, say payable to Anastasia Baptist Church, $9.6 million, because that's how much we own the new building. $9.6 million. And then I sign my name. That would not be a trustworthy saying. Okay, because I am not good for $9.6 million, no matter what you think. I am not good for 9.6. That's not a trustworthy thing. Now, if you try to cash that check and it comes back from the bank, it has a great big red stamp that says insufficient funds, that would be a trustworthy statement. Okay, well, there's a trustworthy saying here. It says, and we trust, we trust the saying because God is trustworthy. So the first point I want to make is this, trust God. Trust God because God is trustworthy. The reason the saying that we're going to unpack in just a minute is, is trustworthy because God is trustworthy. We sing praises of the Lord. We talk about God being worthy of our praise. God is worthy of, our, of the glory. He's worthy of the honor and the power and the blessing and all that stuff. Well, God is also worthy of our trust. You think about that? He is worthy enough that we can trust him. He is trustworthy. I can depend on God. Do you trust him? You know, when Paul wrote this, he said, you know, the saying is trustworthy. He's saying it's trustworthy because God is, is trustworthy. We can build our life on this saying. Okay, the saying is trustworthy. God, you, you know, Psalm 100, that was one of the first um, psalms I learned to memorize as a kid because he said to find Psalm 100, you go to the very middle of the Bible and it's magically pop up to Psalm 100. That's how I learned it. Not quite there, but real close. Uh, but... Uh, it says there in Psalm 100, for the Lord is good. He's good. You can trust that he's good. His steadfast love. Think about that love. His love is steadfast. It's not going to waver. It endures. It's not going to go away. And it endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. You know, God is trustworthy. There's a trustworthiness to him. He's worthy of our trust. The reason we can strategize of what God is going to do in the next generation at Anastasia is not because of us. It's because we trust in God. We know that God is going to move in the next generation and the next generation and the next generation, and we want to be around to work with God. That's what it's about, and we can trust God. So what, what is the saying that we can trust God for? Well, if I go back to verse 4 and 5, it says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God and our Savior, God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. So I can trust God's love, his mercy, and his forgiveness. Do you trust, do you trust that God's forgiven you? 
of everything you've ever done. Do you really trust that? I mean, when I counsel with people, I tell you, there, there's a number of people, quite a number of people that, that when you get down to the, the nitty gritty of it, uh, there might be a sin issue in the past or a shame issue in the past. And, uh, and someone doesn't trust that God has actually forgiven them. And they use a lot of energy, use up a lot of energy because they're worried about whether God could forgive them and that they're worthy of, they're worthy of forgiveness. We're worthy of forgiveness, not because of how good we are, but God is trustworthy in offering the forgiveness. You can trust God. That, that saying is trustworthy. His loving kindness, he saved us because of his own mercy. So, you know, do you believe that? Do you believe he forgives you? Look at verse five. There's something else that we can trust him for. It says, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. When we respond to God's offer of salvation. He puts in us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit turns us into a new creation, regeneration, that's a new creation. We become new creatures in Christ, new creation in Christ, and he renews us day by day if we'll only let his spirit fill us. Here we have, we have all of these tables out here of ministries where, where people might find a place of service at Anastasia, and some of you are thinking to yourself, I don't wanna go there because I'm not good enough for God to use me. Do you understand that you can trust God's Holy Spirit to empower you if he's called you to do something? Do you trust the Holy Spirit that he will use you? Do you trust the Holy Spirit if you let him fill you that he will, he will give you the peace? He will give you the power on a daily basis? So here's what I want to say. Trust God's Holy Spirit renewal and power. We can trust it. This is a trustworthy saying that the Holy Spirit is real. This is God and we can trust him for renewal and power. You are not enslaved to sin anymore because of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Okay. You don't have to be bound up in fear because the Holy Spirit takes that away, right? Okay. And when the Lord calls you to serve, you don't have to worry about trying to do it in your own power because the Holy Spirit will accomplish, will accomplish in you everything that he calls you to do. Because it's God who brings the power to the table and he brings it to his Holy Spirit. You can trust the Holy Spirit. Verses six and seven whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, you might become heirs according to hope of eternal life. It's through Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross that we are justified. And justified simply means that we're declared innocent. We're declared innocent enough to go into heaven. It's by Jesus Christ. And that sacrifice on the cross, okay, that he did that. And that's what grace is. We get salvation. We get eternal life as a free gift. We are justified. He declares us innocent even though we have the sin because he's forgiven the sin. He's washed it away. He's paid for it. And we get eternal life, life forever with Jesus in heaven. So here's what you can trust. Trust Jesus for grace, salvation, and eternal life. Okay, trust him for grace, salvation, and eternal life because number one core value at Anastasia, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. That's how we have salvation. So you can trust these things. You can trust God. The saying is trustworthy. You can trust God because because every, everything that he says there about salvation and his forgiveness and his power, it's coming from a God who can deliver on what he says. So where it says the saying is trustworthy, it's because we trust on God. So there we are. We got the first four words done in this verse. It may take us a while, guys. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. And then he says, I want you to insist on these things. 
I want you to insist. I want you to insist on the things that are gonna come up in just a few minutes. I want you to insist. I want you to insist that when you're around other Christians, when you're around other people that proclaim Jesus Christ is Lord, I want you to stand up and insist that they actually show Christ in their actions, that they actually show Christ in their, in their attitudes, that they show Christ in their words. You know, we gotta be bold. We gotta be bold. Um, how demanding are you as a Christian? That's not a word we often say. But you know, if I'm around people, do you put up with nonsense when you're around other Christians? When I say nonsense, I'm talking sin. You just put up with sin when you're around other Christians. I mean, do you, or, and it's gotta, you gotta be careful here because you can be so demanding that you can come across as judgmental. I'm not saying that oh, there's only one judge and that's God, right? Christ is gonna judge us. But you know, at some point, if we're Christians, do we hold ourselves accountable? Do we hold ourselves accountable for, for how we're gonna act and, and be, you know? I'll give you an example. In culture, our language has become a lot more coarse since I grew up. There are words that people put on bumper stickers that I would never think of being said in public when I was growing up. Just want you to know, it's become coarse. And you know, if you're with a group of Christians and those, those F-bombs start flying around, are you the one that can say, hey, you know, we're all Christians here. Maybe we can sort of let the words of our mouth be more glorifying to God than the coarseness of the word, of the world. I mean, have you ever thought about that? Or do you want to sort of, sort of not, not make waves? But he, Paul is saying to Titus, he, you know, I want you to insist on some things that these people are, are, are going to act like Christians. Or when you're getting there and the gossip is flying around, it is juicy and hot. And you're hearing all those good, good stories. You got that friend who carries more dirt than a dump truck. <laughs> and they're getting ready to unload and you're ready for it, okay? Are you going to... Uh, are you going to be the one that says, maybe we should change the topic of conversation. This is not helpful for anybody. This is not honoring God with our words, you know? Are you the person that can gently move that conversation on? So I just want to say that, that, you know, there comes a point where we need to hold ourselves accountable. And sometimes even in a conversation, we have to stand up and be bold. Stand up and be bold. So what I want to say is become a bold and positive influence in the body of Christ. Become bold and positive and, and, and express that because we're followers of Jesus, we ought to act like followers of Jesus. We ought to show the world that we're followers of Jesus. We, we've got to be bold occasionally. Because, and, and when we're bold, that doesn't mean that we, we're acting as self-righteous because all of us fail. Every single one of us fail. It's not we're coming and, and I'm more holy than you are. You're more holy than I am. No, we all fail, but sometimes we just need reminding. They were part of the body of Christ. And, and, and we got to be the light on the hill. And we don't want to hide that light under a basket. And we want to stand up and stand out for Jesus. So can you be that bold and positive witness? That's a toughie. That's a toughie, but that's a good one to do. And then it goes on in verse 3, verse 8. says, this thing is trustworthy. I want you to insist on these things. I want you to be bold. And then he says, so that those who believed in God may be careful. May be careful to devote themselves to good works. Be careful, be careful, because the world is watching. The world is watching and they're judging God. They're, they're deciding whether they're gonna receive the Lord by the way Christians act. Be careful to devote ourselves. That's, that's speaking about consistency. Be careful in being consistently good. Be, be bold and be careful. Now, I have a flashlight. Normally this flashlight is in my... Um, car and 
there are two things I want in a flashlight, okay? There are two qualities that I want in a flashlight. First is, I want the light to be bright. I want it to be able to light it. If, if the light is not bright, it is a useless flashlight. I want the, the light to be very bright. And the other thing about this flashlight is, I want to, when I press the button, I want it to turn on. Okay, it might have a bright light, but if I press the button and it doesn't turn on, it's doing me absolutely no good. I want it to be consistent. I turn the flashlight on and the light comes on. Praise God. Praise God. Well, that's our Christian life. You know, we need to be bold. We're the light of the world and we need to be consistent. We need to be that reliable light of Jesus Christ in this world. You know, we need to be boldly bright because that's, that's our life in Jesus Christ. That's our life in him. He's the light of the world and we're just reflections of his light. And so we need to be bold and we need to be bright and we need to be careful. And then I'm moving on in this passage. It says, these things are excellent and profitable for people. Excellent and profitable. It's good for people, not just you that's doing it, but for everybody around us, you know, because we have another core value here. Every person is important. Every person is important. Every person needs the Lord. Every person needs the chance to see Jesus. And you know, by seeing Jesus, I believe in the character of his church. I want people to see Jesus when they see us. I want people to see Jesus when they see you out in your business life and and doing the things that you're doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I want them not just to see you, but to see Jesus. And every person is important. They ought to have the opportunity to see Jesus in you. We say every person is important. Do you believe that? You know that that means? That means that the serving staff at the restaurant that you're going to for lunch after church, that person is important enough to see Jesus in you. And, and it means that the person who is struggling financially, emotionally, and that person seems to have all kinds of struggles all the time, and, and maybe you've lost patience with that person. I want you to know that person is important to Jesus. And, and what I want to say is I want to add a word there. I think that person is important enough. Every person is important enough to see Jesus in you. And that's the last point I want to share with you. Every person is important enough to see Jesus in you. You know, all all those people that we don't think we have time for, Jesus died for that person. That person is important enough. That person is precious in his sight. Every person is important and every person is important enough to be able to see Jesus in you. You're the light of the world. Church, we're the light of the world, aren't we? We're that city set on a hill and it's not supposed to be hidden. And in Matthew, it says, you know, people don't light a lamp and put it under a basket. You light a lamp and you put it up on a stand. You want people to see the light, don't you? The world needs to see the light of Jesus. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they can see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. Let your light so shine, you know, so the world will see your good works. It's beneficial to all people. They'll see your good works. They'll glorify God in heaven. And that's beneficial for them. When you move people, the world, from a stance of being rebellious against God to giving glory to God, that's a good thing. And you can do that by letting Christ change your life. The saying is trustworthy, that God loves you 
And when I say that, that every person is important enough, you're important enough to receive all of God. You know, some of you may come in here and you're not feeling so great about yourself. You're important enough. This is a trustworthy saying. God loves you. This is a trustworthy saying. He has enough forgiveness for you. This is a trustworthy saying. There's enough Holy Spirit to fill you up. God's not going to run out of his Holy Spirit. And there's enough grace. And there's enough for you. And you can trust God. This is a trustworthy saying. God has a plan for your life. You can take that to the bank. I pray that if you don't know that Savior that I know, I pray that you would receive him today. It's so simple. It's hard with our spirit, but it's simple. It's not, not hard tasks. He's offering you life forever with him. He's offering you forgiveness. He's offering you a part of being his church, his family, his engine in this world. Without him, we're separated from God. We're separated for all eternity. Would you trust him enough to know that you're important enough to have all of him? I pray that you are. You know, if not, I just pray that you'd receive him today. Would you please stand with me right now? Let's just pray. I pray if there's someone here in this room that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm praying for that person right now. Lord, I'm praying for that person that they would, that they would see that, that despite what's gone on in life, that, that you have forgiveness, you have opportunity, you have potential, you have heaven. And Lord, that, that every person can receive you here in this room. Lord Jesus, I pray that if there's someone that needs you, Lord, that right now in their heart, they're, they're coming to you right now. And saying, Lord Jesus, I do. I receive you. I trust you. I believe you. I follow you. And then, that, Lord, then begin that mighty, mighty work. Lord, that's my prayer. And, Lord, for all of us here, Lord, help us to be bold in our faith. Lord, help us to insist and hold ourselves accountable to lift ourselves up to the standard of, of a transformed people, a holy priesthood, Lord. And do great things, Lord, not for us, I don't want the name of Anastasia to be great. I want the name of Jesus to be great. And Lord, glory to your name. Move among us, I pray, in your precious name of Jesus. Amen. We're coming to a time of response. And, uh, we have counselors that are over here. You can come here to the front. If, if, if you want to trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior and, and you need some help, come, come during this song and let us help you take that step of faith. If you want to pray about some area in your life, uh, just come up to the altar and pray. Feel free. If you want to be a part of leadership of this church and become a member of this church, just come and say, hey, I want to take that step of faith, the baptism or, or, or leadership or joining the church. Whatever God's calling you, you move forward. And trust, not your ability, not this church. Trust God. Amen? Amen. You come. You come. The splendor of the King, the majesty, and all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice.
at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God? Sing with me, how great is our God? The door is free, how great, how great is our Church, let your light shine. Have a great Sunday. God bless you.